0: To them. Blessed Jesus, hold my hand. Let me travel in the light, even that I may see the blessed way. Keep me that I may be holy and sing redemption. some day. I will be a soldier, brave and true, and ever firmly. Take a stand as I homeward go and daily meet the foe. Blessed Jesus, hold my hand. Blessed Jesus, hold my hand. Yes, I need thee every hour. Through this land is his pigrom Mean by the saving palm hear my plea, my people plea Oh Lord dear Lord look down on me when I kneel and prayer I hope to meet you there blessed Jesus hold my hand when I wander through the valley towards the setting of the sun. Lead me said, to the, the, the if of a crown of life have won. I have put my faith in dear deal that I may reach the golden strand. There's no other friend on whom I can depend. Blessed Jesus, oh, my hand. Blessed Jesus, hold my hand, uh, yes, I need thee every arm. Through this land is big land, oh, take me my the saving palm. Hear my plea, my feeble plea, Lord, oh, Lord, dear Lord, look down on me when I kneel in well, I hope to meet you there. Blessed Jesus, oh, my
1: hand. Church, let us know. Pages 753. Pages 753. Father alone. fall found, let us sing together.
0: Tempted and tried, we're off made to wonder why it should be. understand why, so cheer up my brother, live in the sunshine, will understand it all by and by,
1: amen. amen, church let us know pages, 188, 188. Bless that wonderful name. Once again, pages 188, if all found, let us sing together.
0: Bless that wonderful name of Jesus. Oh, we're going to bless that wonderful name of Jesus. We're gonna bless that wonderful name of Jesus. For there's no other name I know. I know we're gonna sing that wonderful name of Jesus. Oh, we're gonna sing that wonderful name of Jesus. We're gonna sing that wonderful name of Jesus, for there's no other name I know, I know. We're gonna preach that wonderful name of Jesus. Oh, we're gonna preach that wonderful name of Jesus. We're gonna preach that wonderful name of Jesus. For there's no other name I know, I know. We're going to praise that wonderful name of Jesus. Oh, we're going to praise that wonderful name of Jesus. We're going to praise that wonderful name of Jesus. For there's no other name I know. I know we're going to share that wonderful name of Jesus. Oh, we're going to share that wonderful name of Jesus. We're going to share that wonderful name of Jesus. For there's no other name I know, I know.
1: Church, let us know, page 538. After our next song selection, we have scripture reading and prayer. Pages 538. My hope is built on nothing less. 538. If I'll find out a scene together. My hope is
0: built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand All of the ground is sinking sand All of the ground is sinking sand When darkness fell his lovely face I rest on his unchanging grace In every high and stormy gale my anchor hole with end of hell on Christ the solid rock I stand all of the ground is sinking sand all of the ground is sinking sand his oath his covenant his blood so. Put me in the whelming flood When all around my soul gives way then is all my hope and stay On Christ the solid rock I stand All of the ground is sinking sand All of the ground is sinking sand shall come with trumpet sound oh may I then in him be found dressed in his righteousness alone fall to stand before the throne on Christ the solid rock I stand all of the ground his sinking sand all of the ground is sinking sand. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All of the ground is sinking sand. All of the ground is sinking sand. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All of the ground is sinking sand. All of the ground is sinking sand,
2: amen. Good morning, church. The scripture reading will be read from 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 21 through 25. That's 1 Peter, chapter 2, verses 21 through 25. And it reads as follows. For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow his step. Who did, not, he did, who did no sin, neither would gal found in his mouth. Who, when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judges righteously. Who his his own self by our sin in his own body, on decree that we, being dead to sin, should live unto righteousness, by whom strike ye were healed. For ye were as sheep going astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your soul. Mm. May God continue blessing the readers, the hearers, and the doers of his word. Amen. Let us bow and go to our Heavenly Father in prayer. Our Father and our God, which are in heaven, Heavenly Father, we come with our head bowed to the earth, with thanksgiving in our heart. Thanking you for so many blessings you have blessed us with. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, for waking us up this morning with a reasonable portion of our help and our strength and in our right mind. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, for giving us this privilege to assemble together and to with you in spirit and in truth. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, for the ones that are present. And we pray, Heavenly Father, for the one that had the desire to be here, but for some reason wasn't able to be. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, for providing us with food, clothes, shelter, transportation, financial means, and a place to come to worship you in spirit and in truth. But most of all, Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love, your mercy, your grace, your son, and our savior jesus christ who freely left his home in glory came to earth lived died and were buried and rose again on the third day according to the scripture we thank thee heavenly father for the blood that he shed that he purchased the church that we are a member of we pray heavenly father for the churches just having difficulties at this time we just pray heavenly father you will look down Bless them with the things you know they stand in need of according to your will. We pray, Heavenly Father, for the ones that's walking in darkness. We just pray, Heavenly Father, they'll see the light and come to the light before it's everlasting too late. We also pray, Heavenly Father, for our delinquished members. We pray, Heavenly Father, they'll come back and repent before it's everlasting too late. We pray, Heavenly Father, for our new convert. We just pray, Heavenly Father, they'll continue seeking your word. And we just pray, Heavenly Father, they'll grow stronger and stronger each day. And we say a special prayer for each and every member of this congregation in Inglewood Church of Christ. We pray, Heavenly Father, for their families, their friends, and their uh, relatives. We just pray, Heavenly Father, you would just bless us with the thing that you know we stand in need of, Amen. according to your will. We pray, Heavenly Father, for the sick and the shut-in. We pray, Heavenly Father, you will bless them. We pray, Heavenly Father, for the ones that's working on the front line. Yes. We pray, Heavenly Father, you will continue blessing them. And we pray, Heavenly Father, for the ones that's traveling, I will be traveling. We pray, Heavenly Father, they'll get to, and from their destination safe without any hurt, harm or danger coming to them. And we also pray, Heavenly Father, for the bereaved families all over the world. We just pray, Heavenly Father, you will continue comfort and strengthen these families in the way, Heavenly Father, that only you know how. And we pray, Heavenly Father, you will continue strengthening us where we are weak and build us up, Heavenly Father, where we are torn down. And, Heavenly Father, when we think safe, do anything contrary to your word we pray heavenly father you will forgive us and won't hold it against us at the judgment bar we pray heavenly father that your will will be done here on earth as it is done in heaven and we pray heavenly father that we will continue loving each other more and more each day and we pray heavenly father that we will be a better christian today than we were yesterday We also pray, Heavenly Father, that you will continue keeping us safe from any hurt, harm, or danger coming to us and our families. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that this witch service will be done decent and in order. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that it will be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. And we say a special prayer for Brother Cole Pepper as he comes deliver us the bread of life. We pray, Heavenly Father, we'll listen though we'll listen toward eternity because these will be eternal matters he will be delivering unto us and not listeners and hearers of your word but also doers of your word that the things we learn that we'll be able to go teach and tell others what they must do to be saved and heavenly father when we don't come to the end of our journey and say our last prayer and taking our last breath We just pray, Heavenly Father, we'll hear those wonderful words. Well done, God good, and faithful servant. Come on in, get your mansion, your robe, and your crown. All these blessings we ask in your son and our Savior, Jesus Christ's name, amen. amen.
1: Church, I'm going to ask you to place your markers at pages 939 for the song of invitation. Pages 939 for the song of invitation. For our next song selection, let us note pages 472. Pages 472 A Shelter in Time of Storm. If all find, let us sing together. <laughs> the Lord's our rock. In Him we hide
0: a shelter in the time of storm. Secure, so whatever it'll be tied. A shelter in the time of storm. Well, my Jesus is a rock in a weary land, a weary land, a weary land. My Jesus is a rock. In a weary land, he's a shelter in a time of storm. Well, my Jesus is a rock in a weary land, a weary land, a weary land. My Jesus is a rock in a weary land, he's a shelter in a time of storm. A shade by day, defense by night. A shelter in a time of storm, no fears or long, no foes of fright, a shelter in a time of storm. Well my Jesus is a rock in a weary land. A weary land, a weary land, my Jesus is a rock in a weary land, he's a shelter in the time of storm. Raging storms may round us be, a shelter in a time of storm. We'll never leave our safe retreat, a shelter in a time of storm. Oh, Jesus is a rock in the weary land, a weary land, a weary land. My Jesus is a rock. In a weary land, He's a shelter in the time of storm. Well, my Jesus is a rock in a weary land, a weary land, a weary land. My Jesus is a rock in a weary land. He's a shelter in the time of storm. Rock
3: divine, oh. Time of storm, well, my Jesus is a rock in a weary land. Oh, the weary land. A weary land he's a shelter in the time of storm. Amen.
4: Amen. Jesus is a rock uh, in a weary land. Uh, he's a shelter in the time of storm. What a wonderful song uh, to sing as we uh, enter into this season of Thanksgiving. Uh, we recognize that this is the, the, the period of uh, the United States if you will that uh, enters into a time that uh, uh, gives thanks for uh, the building and the strengthening of a country uh, that has many challenges of history uh, but yet we try to find time to reflect uh, on giving thanks. I wonder for a moment As I thought about this time uh, in preparing for uh, this morning's message, how important it is to remember why we give thanks. Um, It's easy to become accustomed to just doing things just because it's become a custom and really not understand the underlying significance of why we do what we do. The giving of thanks, especially when it comes to the the world, it's just another reason not to go to work. (laughs) A day off, uh, pay without work. But when it comes to understanding the spiritual significance of why we give thanks, there is no day off. There is no benefit without work. For the thanks that we give is to Christ Jesus for all that he has done. And he has done that which we could not do for ourselves. James makes it very clear, and I appreciate Brother Joseph's prayer so very much because he always references uh, in his prayer that it's not only about hearing the word and reading the word. Uh, I would even add to it it's not only about knowing the word, uh, but it's about doing what the word says. And James says, be not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This man shall be blessed in his deed. Now, there would be no reason for us to do anything if Christ had not died and gave his life on Calvary's cross. And for this, we give thanks. And we, 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 we recognize that while, as Romans uh, 5 and Romans 3 help us to understand, while we were yet in our sins, Christ died for the ungodly. Amen. Now, that includes all of us, whether or not we want to recognize it or not, you know, or whether or not we've been in the church so long where we forgot we were sinners, amen. But it was because Christ died. And Christ took on a work and a service to the Father that no one else could accomplish. John chapter 17, verses 1 through 5. Jesus, in his prayer to the Lord, says, I have completed the work that thou hast given me to do. Now give me that that which I had with thee from the beginning. In other words, Jesus says, now that I have done all that you have asked me to do in this body, on this time side of existence, this time side of life in the flesh, Overcoming and conquering the weaknesses of the flesh. This is what Jesus did. Though he were tempted in every way that we are tempted, the Hebrew writer says he was yet without sin. And took that body to the cross. The cross where he shed his blood. And gave his life. That we might live. And that we may have an opportunity not only to live on this time side of life in such a way that we present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, Romans chapter 12, 1 through 4, which is our reasonable service. But one day if we live faithful unto death, Revelations 2 and 10, 2 Timothy 4, we should receive a crown of life that fadeth not away. And for these reasons we give thanks. And we sing that song that, that helps us to remind, uh, to remind us of, 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 of making sure that, that every day that we wake up, not just a particular season in November, but every day that we wake up, we ought to have a, a, a song of thanks, a thought of thanks, if you will, a word of thanks for the Lord. Amen. And so we sing that song, thank you, Lord, we sing it because we understand that that song, Helps us to reflect on why we are here. Every day that we wake up in this sun that God has provided for us, we can say, Thank you, Lord. Amen. Because, see, there are many people who laid down last night that didn't see this sunrise. And whatever it is that they had done in that body, whatever it is that they have accomplished, whatever it is that they did not accomplish, they have now, if you will, ended that work, ended that journey. That journey is over. And so now they, they wait on judgment. As all those who have gone before us, they wait on judgment. And I know that we can become so complacent because sometimes we think about the fact that, you know, every day that God has given us an opportunity to live and breathe and see the new day, that somehow this is is, is something that we're entitled to. We're not entitled to this life. It's a blessing to be able to wake up each morning and just say, thank you, Lord. Especially, you know, I I just I have conceded to the fact that every day that I am alive, I am striving to be better than I was the day before. That's all I can do. Just be better than I was the day before, because when God decides to take us home to glory, I just want to be as prepared as I can be. And pray that the Lord. Finds an opportunity to. To give me that crown of righteousness that fadeth not away. Amen. And not only, as Paul says, unto him, but also unto all those who love his appearance. So I wake up each morning and I say, Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you. Not because we're gonna have turkey and ham. I, you know. I say thank you for that too. Amen. Amen. But but, it, but it's not about the turkey, it's not about the dressing and the gravy. It's gonna be all right. We're gonna get through this. Amen. Right? It ain't about the chicken gizzards and the turkey necks, right? It ain't about that, right? It ain't about the collard greens and the black eyed peas and the cornbread. It ain't about that, right? Right? But you're giving thanks. And I wonder if for one moment, are we giving thanks because the, 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 the Europeans came and they settled with the Indians and eventually they, they stopped killing one another and started sitting down and having conversations? Or if it's really about us understanding that everything that we have, everything that we've ever, if you will, came into encounter with, that it is because God allowed. Right. Is it because God alive? When we give sit down and we see that food, that wonderful spread that's on our table or, or whatever it is that God has placed before us. when We sit down and we see it and we recognize that it is because God provided. Amen. Can we give thanks for that? Amen. Paul told Timothy that we give thanks for everything. Amen. Amen. We receive it with thanksgiving. Amen. Lord, have mercy. And that's why I don't I don't mind when folks start talking about well you know I don't eat this and I don't eat that and I don't eat pork this and I don't eat pork that and all this kind of stuff look just drop it by my house right we'll we'll take care of it right because we receive it with Thanksgiving you know. We receive it because God has provided, and when we understand that God has provided, we receive it with thanksgiving, and, and, and we and we and we recognize that 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 it is God who allowed the seed to be uh, to grow. It is God that allowed the rain to fall. It is God that allowed the, the nurturing of that of, 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 of that animal, if you will, with the grain of the ground. It is God that allowed for those animals to to multiply and to provide the sustenance that mankind needs to survive on the face of the earth. It is God that allowed for the rain to fall and to become if you will the water that we consume even though we filter out the salt and everything else in it maybe we should really think about that because when God provides something God provided ready for consumption but that's another issue but we, we we provide God provides and we thank him for all that he has done we give him thanks And the blessing, God says, look, Jesus says that he he, he allows it to rain on the just and the unjust. Somebody, even when you're among the unjust, there's a reason for you to thank God. I I tell you, there's the Thanksgiving is a time that we need to reflect on, not because of the wonderful material things, but because God has provided. David said in the Psalm, and I'll get into my lesson this morning, this is just a Preface. In Psalm 46, David says, God is our strength, our refuge, our, and our strength. He's a very present help in the time or in, in trouble. Therefore, will, we, will, will not we fear, though the earth be moved and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea? Though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah. there is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her, she shall not be moved, God shall help her that right early. The heathen raged. The kingdoms were moved. He, utterly, he uttered his voice. The earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Come, behold the works of the Lord. What desolations he has made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariots in the fire. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. When we talk about the understanding of the spirit making testimony with our spirit, I want you to understand that, that 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 when. When, when, when Peter says that we return unto the shepherd and the bishop of our souls, this is just not an issue of the spiritual leadership of how God, if you will, guides us and, and, and moves us through our spiritual life. There's much more in that saying than what we, we may first, if you will, take away from it. For we return to the shepherd and the bishop of our souls. This some that we seem to miss when it comes to the role and the responsibility of the shepherd and the bishop of our souls, amen. Now I want you to understand that yes, the, 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 the evangelists and the minister and the, and, the, and the elders and the deacons and, 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 uh, and those who are responsible for the leadership of the church have a certain responsibility in that they enact and implement God's word so that we can follow after that which God has given us, but none of us are shepherds and bishops of your souls that role is exclusively and singularly reserved unto Jesus and, and so when we understand that then we then we can un- understand the significance of what it means that when we when we when, when when Jesus becomes our mediator our advocate amen i'm back where we were last lords day i said we're going to come back to this I understand that when I stand before him, that the, as the shepherd and the bishop of my soul, he is, he is the one in whom Paul says I have believed and, and I'm persuaded that he's able to keep that which I've given unto him against that day. It is, it, is, it, is, it is that relationship that I have with Jesus where I understand that my challenges of life, war of my life, the lack of peace in my life, the issues that I struggle with in my life, I know that God is able, if you will, to bring uh, some peace in the midst of my challenges of life. Because He is the one. When He says He's a shepherd and bishop of my soul, notice something here: a, a, a shepherd is one that not, not, not only, if you will, provides for the sheep. A shepherd is also a one who protects the sheep. Lord, have mercy. He is the one that stands in between the wolves and the bears and the sheep. It is the shepherd that stands, if you will, between the thief and the sheep. That shepherd, if you will, is there not only, if you will, to protect the sheep and to provide for the sheep. Sometimes sheep are just anxious as natural as it is. Sometimes they're just anxious for everything and anything. But it is that shepherd that brings consolation and comfort for those sheep. And let me say something to you right now, because in the midst of the place that we're in now and, and the issues of life that we're in now, especially for our young people, some of our older people, we've been through these challenges of life and, and we've seen wars all over the world. Amen. Some of us have seen several wars around the world and, 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 and we've read about wars and the challenges of life and all of these things. And, and it brings anxiety. And, and, and if you will, and in that anxiety, if we don't have God in our lives, it leads to more things. That are not good for our soul. But thank God that we can go to the word of the spirit. The word of God. As John 16 would let us know when in John 15 says when the when the spirit of truth shall come when we talk about the word of god and the spirit of truth we're talking about the holy spirit bringing us the word of god giving it to us through the apostles of jesus christ john 16 and 13 and and we we recognize that the spirit gives us his word for the purpose of us being able to read it to find comfort as thessalonians would help us to understand wherefore whereby comfort one another with these words that we we don't we don't we don't uh, 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 mourn if you will uh, and grieve like those who have no hope because our hope is in christ jesus first timothy chapter 1 and 1 and we see then, that Jesus is our hope in everything that we see in the world every challenge of life that we see in the world though it may in its initial form bring anxiety to our lives we can retreat to the to the to the throne room of God and find comfort amen. and find hope amen because God knows how to bring peace to the world amen. lord have mercy He knows how to bring peace to the world. He knows how, if you will, to ensure that those who are going to be saved will be saved. And those who will be lost will be lost. God has these things in his hand. Remember in Acts chapter 17, Paul made uh, made it clear as he marveled at the worship services, of those who were in Athens and and he looked upon their worship services, but yet in Acts, when Luke records that event concerning Paul, uh, Paul lets us know that at the end of it, at the end of what he observed, their 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 false and a false sense of security and their religious belief system. He even said, "You're too superstitious." Amen. But 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 he says something at the end of that text that helps bring us comfort in that's relevant to our subject about the Spirit being our uh, 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 our our having. To testimony, if you will, on our behalf, he says that it is in God that we live and that we move and that we have our very being. And so though I may not understand all the challenges of my individual life, and though I may not be able to understand surely the complications and complexities of all the things that are going on in the world, I know this, it is in God that I live. And that I move. And that I have my very being. I go there because that is where the comfort comes from. Because then I can, I can let all my anxiety go with the Lord. Amen. I can place it at his feet. And say, Lord, I, you know, I can't make reason and rationality over everything that I see. But I know that you understand. Because the world is in the palm of your hands. Amen. Uh, you 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 know where the guilty are, and you know where the, uh, uh, the righteous are. You know where the ungodly are, and you know where the ungodly are. Are y'all with me? Because I can't reason all of these things. But you know. And maybe that's why Peter helps us understand that judgment begins first at the house of God. Because, see, if it was me, I would be thinking that if we're all in the house of God, why would judgment need to come here anyway? Because I would be thinking that everybody's going to be saved. Amen. Are y'all with me? Amen. But see, I have to let that go. And I have to realize that, 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 that being the messenger does not make me the judge. God is the judge. Amen. And he will, he will recompense when he comes. What I do is deliver the message. And what we do is try to live the message that God has provided. Because God knows who the guilty is. Amen. And he knows those who are worthy to enter into heaven's glory. So I'm going to do like David. I'm going to relegate myself to keep myself where I can do what I can do. I'm going to put myself in a position where I understand that God Is my refuge? Oh yeah! Oh, I'm I'm trying to. I'm I'm pushing us somewhere. God is my refuge. Because I have to understand that I get to the point where when I fall, amen, when I sin and I and I and I know that I haven't done all that I could do and all that I should do and all that I would do it, as Paul said in Romans chapter seven, as we read last Lord say, when I get into that space where I start doubting on whether or not I can be saved, I need to be able to re- I need to be able to go to God, who is my refuge. Because I see I start doubting whether or not I should even be. Striving to make heaven my home. If I don't think I'm able to make it, then I could lose my courage to fight this fight. To finish my course. But when I know that God is my refuge, I revert back to him. And I say to myself, Lord, I'm going to do all that I can do. I'm going to do all that you have shown me that I must do. And in doing that, when I come to a point where this, where this, where this flesh, as it did even for Jesus, when this flesh begins to become weighty and begin to weight me down, and sometimes it may cause me to fall, I need to be able to know that you're my refuge. Yeah. That I can run to you. That I can ask for strength. I can ask for, for, in asking for strength, we're talking about asking for forgiveness. Amen. That I can ask for strength, and I can, I can say to the Lord, I know that I've fallen short of your glory, but help me make it through this. Amen. Help me make it through this struggle, through this challenge of life. You see, the judgment ball isn't only about the white robes that John showed us in the book of Revelations. It, 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 see, see John, what John, in his poetic language through the Holy Spirit, didn't get into the details, but he did give us the highlights. Because John said, these are they that have, come, that have washed their robes in the blood of the Lamb, and they've come out of much trial and tribulation. In other words, John was letting us know that these individuals that you see under this, under this altar, amen, uh, the angel, if you will, was sharing with John, these individuals that you see under this altar, don't, 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 don't take this lightly, amen, because they're under this altar because they went through some stuff. Amen. They were challenged by many things, but yet they held on to their faith. When they washed their robes and, and the blood of the Lamb and the, and the challenge of life came upon them and the struggles of life came upon them, they knew that they, could ref- they, had, to, they had a refuge, they had a place to go. And that was in Christ Jesus. Where they would receive strength to be able to overcome their challenges of life. Because notice what he says. When he says that God is our refuge, and strength. I love the conjunction there, but I don't have time to deal with that. But he says, look, in the in in a a a, a very present help in trouble. You see, you see there's something here that David Recognizes that, that, that he teaches us through this psalm, uh, amen, that helps us to understand the significance of standing before the judgment bar of God. You see, when you stand before the judgment bar of God, you're not going to stand there without bruises and scars. Oh, Lord, have mercy. I, I, Lord. You're not going to stand there having not been bruised and beaten and scarred by the issues. You're standing there because you did not let the bruises, the beatings, and the scars of life keep you from getting to the cross of Calvary. You follow what I'm saying? You know, it's... The struggles, even before you obey the gospel, you just don't understand it. It's when you obey the gospel, you begin to understand the significance of your struggle. Amen. It, it, the struggle that you had before is nothing like the struggle you're going to have in Christ Jesus. Lord, have mercy. If I dare say this, if I dare say this, your struggle before the cross was easier than your struggle after the cross. Because, see, after the cross, b- before the cross... You didn't know what you had to lose. Right. Before the cross, you didn't have any concern about your soul. As a matter of fact, before the cross, your soul was the farthest thing from your mind. Amen. Because your flesh was guiding and leading everything. Amen. It was after the cross. It was after the preaching of God's word. It was after you became aware of the value and the importance of your soul. It, beca- it was after the cross where you began to understand the significance of eternal life. It was after the cross that all these things became, you became aware of them, of them. It was after the cross. And now what you're doing is you're struggling through this life to try to keep that which you now has no has value. And that's your soul. Before, you didn't think it had value. It was irrelevant to you. We were all there. I know we look at you like I'm the only one. Amen. We knew that there was no... We didn't have that, but that awareness. We didn't have that understanding. It, it was after the cross that we saw the value of our soul. And then when we saw it, what do we try to do? I need to hold on to my soul. I need to get the devil out of my life so I can hold on to my soul. And in doing that, look what happens. Sometimes the devil becomes that which you thought you loved. Lord have mercy. Oh my Lord. Because you were holding on to it before the cross. But now you know if you hold on to it, your soul is at jeopardy. Are y'all with me now? That's right in 1 John chapter 2 15. He says, love not the world. Y'all with me here? Love not the world. Because that's what we knew. That's what our flesh Believed in and embraced. Lord have mercy. And so Jesus says yes your love used to be committed to the world. But now you, 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 you have returned unto the shepherd and the bishop of your soul. Amen. And then look what God says. When the, when, the, when the scholars and the doctors and the lawyers and the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And they came up to the Lord and said which one is the greatest a, a commandment of all the commandments. And, and God says thou shalt love thy God. Thou shalt love thy God. Thou shalt love thy God. With all thy heart. With all thy soul. With all thy strength. With all thy mind. Amen. Amen. For this is the greatest commandment. And Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Amen. There are many that will say it unto me in that day, Lord, 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 Lord. He says, why calleth me Lord, Lord, and doeth not the things that I say? Amen. It is a life. without being scarred, as a matter of fact, I dare say that if you go before the judgment bar of God without being bruised and scarred, I kind of question whether or not you can make it, amen, Amen. because when you go before God bruised and scarred, that means that you have to fight the devil, oh Lord have mercy, if you go before God without fighting the devil, I don't know how you get there without being bruised and scarred, oh amen, and see some of y'all may you still may be thinking in it because sometimes in the in the spiritual conversation, sometimes our mind reverts back to the to the to the fleshly part. You know, bruises being, you know, uh, uh, blue and purple and red and all that kind of stuff. If you can turn those shades. And the scars that we have. We seem to relegate them to the level of the flesh. But when I'm talking about bruised and scarred, I'm talking about your spirit. The Lord, have mercy. I'm talking about your soul. And so, see, when I come before God and I'm standing before that metaphorical idea of the judgment of God, it is the spirit that sees my scars and my bruises of my soul. Amen. And that's how he can make testimony. Lord have mercy. Somebody that you were friends with in the world, but now that you're a member of the body of Christ, that relationship could pull you down. And you have to let it go. No no, no one understands that significance but you and the Lord. But the Holy Spirit sees it. He, He understands it. Amen. But you're doing it because you see the value of your soul and the value of your soul you have accounted it more of concern than the value of the relationship in the world are you with me remember when jesus says they were making the argument about who has more value god or your family amen Now, if you want to make a comparison, Jesus says the enemy should be those of your own household. Lord, have mercy. The comparison is to this point. He's not saying that they will be, but but in the terms that they must be. But but he's saying, even if it gets to this point, what are you willing to do? Where where is your allegiance and your faith? He says... He that loveth father, mother, brother, sister, more than me, is not worthy of me. Now, he didn't say you didn't love them. That's not what that text means. Of course we're supposed to love our, 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 our hey, Ephesians 5 makes it very clear that the husband's supposed to love his wife. Amen. Surely the parents are supposed to love their children. Amen. Amen. That's not what the text says, and the children need to love their parents. That's not what that text is saying. What he's saying is, if the relationships that are most close to you supersede your relationship with God, there's a problem. Because your love is compromised. Your love is compromised. And, and, And so as we look to the cross and the significance of that relationship, The question becomes is, what do you love most? Or who do you love most? Is it God? Or is it the world? Because when you stand before the judgment bar of God, you're not going to be able to. It's not like it's a guessing game for the Lord. He knows where your heart is. He knows where your mind is. He knows where your consciousness is. He knows what you have done with your life. He knows. And so the question is, what do we do? David says he understood that that he's a very present help in the time of trouble. And let me tell you something. When he says present help, that means that this, look. If if, if we're already past and gone, then this text means nothing. So he's not talking to the disembodied spirits. He's not talking to those who have passed and gone. He's speaking to those who are still alive. And so when he says he is a very present help in the time of trouble, in in, in, uh, help in trouble, he's talking about when you are alive and trying to make it to heaven's glory, you've got to remember that God is on your side. He's rooting for you. challenges of life. Our, our lives are on trial right now. In this present life. Because however we pass from here is how you're going to be raised. The Bible says there's a resurrection unto everlasting life and there's a resurrection unto damnation. He already knows that our lives are already on trial. Amen. And it's the spirit That is making testimony and witness of our life. But it is Christ who is our mediator and who is our advocate. And so we are in Peter. And Peter says that it is important that we return unto the shepherd and the bishop of our soul. Remember when Romans, Paul says, the spirit himself beareth witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So God knows. He knows our heart. He knows our mind. He knows where we are in our relationship. The word of God helps us to frame who we need to become spiritually. Galatians chapter 5. James chapter one and two, he helps us to understand that these are the things that we we shape and mold in our lives when we allow. Ephesians chapter two, when when we are the God's workmanship created unto good works, he, these are all the things that that we are focused on as we are moving and, and 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 being nomads and wandering upon this earth, if you will, going and coming in and out. He's saying, look, are you letting the word of God shape and mold your lives? Because if you are, then when you stand before that judgment bar of God your life has already been lived whatever it is that you have done it is already completed there's nothing else you can do so our lives are on trial right now and so God says this is how you need to live your life you live it for good not for evil our spirits beareth witness with his spirit whether or not our heart is, uh, uh, is, 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 is joined together with God or whether or not our faith is in something different, perhaps still uh, in the world and not focused on God. The Holy Spirit, through His testimony uh, uh, and witnessing, look what He does is in His in His in the process of the trials of our life. Notice something here: if you, if you if you still if you will are uh, 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 focused on the things that are of the flesh, then let me let me let me. Let me run to Timothy right quick because I, I need for you to understand that your focus needs not to be on the issues of your flesh, but it's on the issues of what's happening in your spiritual life. In your spirit is where the focus is. If, if, you, if you understand that, then you know how the spirit works with your spirit and is right now trying, testing whether or not, you, whether or not you're going to make it into heaven's glory. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, and verse number 1, Paul writes to Timothy. And he says now the spirit speaketh expressly. Now you have to understand the significance of this. The spirit speaketh expressly. He's talking about the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit speaking expressly. In other words, this is what the spirit has revealed. Has spoken unto them. He speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith. I got you got to see this here. You can't depart from that which you have never been a about those who at one, at one point committed themselves to the word of God. And let me tell you something. The reason why this is so important, it, it, it gets back to this, this, this false teaching about one saved, always saved. Yeah, you went through the water. But that's not the end of the journey. That's the beginning of the journey. You see people come up out the water and they all say, hallelujah, I'm saved. I don't have to worry about anything else. No, that's when you need to start to worry. Because now you have to you have now identified as being a battle, and that's your soul. And who do you have to protect it from? The wilds of the devil. Lord have mercy. And so if you don't equip yourself to engage this battle, the devil's gonna take your soul. Amen. And when I say the devil's going to take it, what I mean by that is the things of the world, if you will, will not be overcome. And your soul will still be immersed in that resurrection unto damnation. But when you come up out of the water grave of baptism, what you've said is, I I am placing my soul in the hands of the shepherd and bishop of my soul. And I'm going to study God's word, as Paul told Timothy, not to prove myself unto man. But I'm going to study to prove myself unto God, a workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly divided in the word of truth. Why? Because my soul is at stake. I understand now that the value of my soul is more important than anything else in this life. And the Spirit speaketh expressly. That in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to what? Seducing Spirits. Now, many of us will say, oh, well, that that, that means that somehow some some miraculous event is going to happen and some evil spirit is going to overtake my life. No, that seducing spirit is anybody who can have more influence over you than God. That's the simplicity of that. When your life is overcome by anything else that is is not of God, then that is to you a seducing spirit. It overcomes you. And God, and Paul says to Timothy, in the latter times, some shall depart from the faith. Giving heed, listening to, walking after, following, seducing spirits. And that is the challenge. Because the idea of coming up out of the water somehow, if you think that that, that, that coming up out of the water is the end of your journey and now nothing can touch you. No, that's when things want to touch you. Giving heed to seducing spirits. And he says, and doctrines of devils, teachings, practices, customs of devils, those who are against God, anti. And I know I've said this before, but I say it again. I, you know, I you know, I, I, lo- I like mystic, uh, uh, I, I like horror movies. I, you know, I like sci-fi. You know, all these things. I, they, they, but, but, but I like them because it helps me understand the significance of God's word. Right? See, I'm not concerned about no vampire. Amen. I'm, I'm, I'm just not. You know. Oh, you should. Go daytime before the moon rolls. You, you follow what I'm saying? But now we have to put all these images and all this mysticism in people's lives to make them think that somehow there's, there's something different than just you. Let me tell you something. The, the Bible says amen. Here we are. Be careful of those who come to you in sheep's clothing. Well, what's interesting is I don't see them write no movie about folk in sheep clothing. Amen. But be careful about those who come to your sheep with clothing because inwardly they are ravening wolves. You see? They already look, they wicked in the daytime, they're wicked in the nighttime. They wicked on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday,
3: Friday, and Saturday.
4: And on Sunday. Same old folk. That vampire werewolf, whatever, looks just like you and me. See, we had to put some kind of other picture on it to make, take us away from the reality of people are wicked. People are wicked. And, and without returning to the shepherd and bishop of our souls, that wickedness will continue in those doctrines of devils. In those belief systems that are not of God. And God says even when you obey the gospel, you've got to be, you've got to be careful. Because you can, you can, you can yield your, your, your soul and your spirit to the seduction that those things have. And it will bring you down. And so when you come before God, your soul will already be lost. You see, you're not coming before God to, to, to state your case. The text says that we have to give an account But understand the idea of giving an account when it comes to God. What are you going to tell God that God doesn't know already? What what are you going to say to him? To give an account means now you must pay for that which you have earned. You have to give an account. And so judgment begins first at the house of God. And if it first begins with us, Peter says, then where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? In other words, it's very clear that those who have given themselves over to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, uh, amen. And then the second verse in in, in 1 1 Timothy, chapter 4 and verse number 2, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with the hot iron. You know where they're going. But these are individuals who were once in the faith, but they turned away from it. And now they've turned back to the world. They've let the world, uh, if you will, consume their spirits. Verse number 3, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats. Which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. Amen. Those who believe and know the truth. He goes on and says, for every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused if it be received with thanksgiving. For it is sanctified, that is set apart by the word of God in prayer. If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ. Nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine whereunto thou hast attained. But refuse profane and old wise fables and exercise them rather than godliness. Let me tell you something, that's why we preach the gospel. So that God can see the scars and the bruises and the challenges of life that you go through. And by God seeing those challenges and bruises of life that you go through, He now sees, if you will, if you're worthy of Heaven's glory. As has been said in our prayers many times, that when we stand before God, that we want God to say to us, Well done thy good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things, I'll make thee ruler over many. Back in Timothy, Paul would go on in verse number 8, in 1 Timothy 4 and 8, he would say, for bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things. Now notice something here, bodily exercise profiteth little. He didn't say don't exercise. What he says is, look, don't, don't think just because you're you young and strong and, you, and, 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 and all that, and, and on the physical, you know, you got all that going on. You got, God, God said, that don't mean nothing. That bodily exercise profited little. Amen. But godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is and that which is to come. Lord have mercy. You're on trial right now. If you hear his voice, harden out your heart. One day with God is like a thousand years. A thousand years is like one day with Peter. Let me tell you something. These are the times when individuals need to turn to the Lord so that they can get that doctrine that the Holy Spirit has provided. So they can shape their lives in such a way that God will find them worthy to enter into heaven's glory. David said the Lord is our refuge. He is our strength. A present help in the time of trouble. And as I hurry to a close here, if you don't have God in your life, you in trouble. You in trouble. Amen. And if it is the case that you do have God in your life and you're wavering and, you, and, you're, and you're walking out of the way and, and, and trying to walk back in the way, this, the, the, the danger that you run into is if you die while you are out of the way, you can't make it. So you're in trouble too. Our lives are in jeopardy because of the wickedness that the devil left behind. Our lives are in jeopardy because people don't understand the significance of the judgment bar of God, the significance of having the Holy Spirit give us the word of God, and whereby when we read the word of God, we understand that that, that the word of God, if we change our life and mold and let the word of God shape and mold our life, he says having the promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. So he talks about our present life as well as eternal life. There is no better life. And I know that the struggle is real. Jesus struggled. You know we struggle. Jesus, if, if it weren't for Jesus to show us that we can get through the struggle, we would be in terrible position. But Jesus says, look, not my will, Lord, but thy will be done. We can do the same. Jesus showed us the way. He showed us the way, but the struggle is real. But nevertheless, he says, look, if you, if you understand that, 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 that by giving your life over to God in this life, even though the struggle is real, Jesus says, I've overcome it. Amen. So when you come before me, here we are. Amen. Come unto me. All ye that are laboring heavy laden. Lord have mercy. And I will, I will give you rest your souls. I don't think you understand that that rest not only talks about the rest of eternal life, which is the one that we're striving to get to. But the rest is also right now. Because see, no matter what struggles I go through, and I'm closing right here, no matter what struggles I go through, no matter what challenges I have in front of me, no matter what issues of life that I'm dealing with, no matter where they come from, whether they are from the world and outside of my, my family nucleus or whether it is, it, is, it is friends and family within my nucleus, no matter where the, du- the, the direction of the wickedness of the devil comes from, let me tell you something. I can always turn to my refuge. My refuge is Christ. Amen. I can go to him. And I can lay my burden before his feet. And I can ask for strength. Lord, help me get through this. I've done all that I can do. And you know what? God knows whether or not you've done all you can do. But you can go before the Lord and say, I've done all that I can do. All that I should do. All that I must do. And I need your strength. 1 Timothy 4 9. This is a faithful, and a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. For therefore we both labor. Wait a minute. Was it not Paul that said to the Philippians, you have to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling? You got to work out your soul salvation. Let me tell you something. When you're working on protecting your soul, it's a job. And guess what? It's 24 7. 365. And 366 in Leap Year. You have to hold on to your soul. Because the devil doesn't sleep. He's looking for a way in. He said, This is a faithful saying and worthy of all. Acceptation for therefore we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust, Lord have mercy, thank you. Because we trust in the living God who is the Savior of all men, especially of those that believe. These things command. And teach. I thank God. That the Holy Spirit is a witness. That the Holy Spirit gives testimony. To the struggles of my soul. To the struggles of my spirit. But I thank God even more. That Christ is my advocate. That he's my advocate. Because see when I fall short. When I fall short. I need Jesus to say. He's all right. I need Jesus to say, Grace is sufficient. Because in my struggle, in my suffering of reproach, while I'm down here trying to live a godly life, I need the Spirit to see my bruises, to see my scars, to see my challenges, to see my struggles. I need Him to be able to witness, but I need Jesus to be able to advocate devil knows his loss is because see he couldn't get Jesus and so now when Jesus advocates and mediates on our behalf as the only mediator between God and man I know that God sees Jesus he sees the blood of Christ And when he sees the blood of Christ and he sees that which we do. That reflects that we believe and we 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 thank God for that blood that covers us from all of our sins. We we thank God and He sees that it is that it is that blood. Remember the same teaching in the Old Testament is the same teaching in the New Testament. The blood of the animals and the goats and, that was, uh, if you will, uh, uh, that was placed upon the doorpost and the lintels in the Old Testament. That blood was blood of animals. It was to show the example of the cleansing and the belief power in God. In the New Testament, it is It's the blood of Christ that covers us. And so as I struggle through my life, as I struggle through the issues of life, as I suffer reproach, I thank God because it is the blood of Christ that covers me. And so God doesn't see my faults, my frailties, and my weaknesses. What he sees is my struggles. And he sees that with the blood of Christ covering me that I'm striving to be faithful unto death. And as I strive to be faithful unto death, that blood is what bridges the gap between my faults and my frailties. Because see, Paul says, when I strive to do good, evil is always present. When I strive to do good, evil is always present because in my flesh I know it's no good thing. You know who else knows there's no good thing in our flesh? God knows. And the struggle is real. But Paul says, I thank God that with my mind I serve the Lord, but with my body I serve sin. You see, God
3: knows
4: the difference. He knows the difference of my reproach and my suffering. If I'm suffering because I'm doing wickedness intentionally, then I deserve everything that comes with that. But if I'm struggling, even though I'm trying to do right, God says, I see you. Lord, have mercy. Thank you. I see you. Jesus fought with it. The apostles fought with it. The faithful prophets fought with it. I know it. But when I see you striving to overcome it, always remember that my grace is sufficient. So i i pray that you give me strength to make it another day. Amen. It is in God that we live and that we move and that we have our very being. Young people, young people, let me leave you with this. I shouldn't have said that because all y'all think y'all young. Amen, I hate you. I just accepted the fact that I, I, I'm not 20 anymore. Amen. But young people, let me help you with something. Verse number 11 in 1 Timothy 4 and 11. Paul says, these things command and teach as he told Timothy. But then he says something very interesting. Let no man despise thy youth. Now some of you may look at that and you say, well, you know, okay, well, how do, how do, I, how do I understand this? Let me tell you something, young people. Don't let the world cause you to be ashamed of being a child of God. Don't, don't. There's a whole lot of stuff we could have avoided if we would have knew the things then that we know now. So when God says, don't let anybody despise your youth, it goes back to a saying, train them up when they're young. Let them understand what the truth of God's word is. Let them make those choices early in their lives because the world is going to challenge you with all the things that it has. It's going to challenge you. Make God your refuge, young people. Make God your refuge. Before you run to TikTok, run to the Bible. Oh, amen, I'm just trying to hope us here. Before you run to Facebook, run to the Bible. Lord, have mercy. Maybe you can put something out there on TikTok that can change a conversation toward the Lord. Amen, I'm just trying to hope you here. Before you run to those places that are Absent of God's word, perhaps you can become one that can infuse God's word into a conversation. Like before you start talking about murder that person and kill that person, maybe you should say, love everybody. Maybe we should get there. can you say you love God whom you have not seen and hate your brother whom you see every day you follow what I'm saying before I start talking about whose customs and ethnicities are right and whose are wrong let me run to the scripture and let me go back to the fact that God's want every soul to be saved let me, let me, let me try to get there amen don't let them despise your youth. Oh, you—you you too young to understand. Well, guess what? The Bible's older than all of us. Amen. The Bible's older than all of us. And so let me, let me let the Bible be right, and every man be wrong. Amen. Let God be true, and every man a liar. Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believer. Don't jump into a bunch of mess that goes nowhere. Bring them to where they need to be. You are there to bring them to where they need to be. Let them find Jesus as their refuge. Let them find Jesus as their strength. Let them see that Jesus is a present help in the time of trouble. Let them see that they can find comfort in Christ Jesus. And let them know this. God knows those that are his. And he will judge every man accordingly. And nobody is going to get away. Nobody is going to get away. As hurtful and as painful as it is to see the struggles and the challenges that are in the world. Know that God is a righteous God. He's a just God. He's a good God. And he will judge according to his word. And nobody's going to get away. For we all must stand. All must stand. Before the judgment ball of God. And give an account of the things that are done in this body. Whether it be good. Or whether it be bad, young people, let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity. Anybody know what charity means? In love, and then it says, in spirit, Amen. In faith, in purity. Till I come, give attendance to reading. Reading what? The word of God. To exhortation. Explain it. So people can get an understanding of it. To doctrine, to teaching. Paul tells Timothy, neglect not the gift that is in thee, which is given thee by the prophecy, with the laying on of hands of the presbytery. Timothy was in the time of the miraculous, laying on of hands by one of the apostles, was able to transfer wisdom, knowledge of God's word. That was one of the gifts, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. That was one of the gifts, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Those, that time of miraculous transfer, no longer exist. As a matter of fact, without the apostles, the only way of transfer of knowledge is now Ephesians chapter 3, whereby when you read, you shall understand my knowledge of the mystery that be in Christ Jesus. Study to show thyself unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. In Acts 17:11, those of Berea were more noble than those of Thessalonica in that they searched the scriptures daily. To see what Paul was saying was true. So the gift that is within you is not in the same form as it was with Timothy during the time of the miraculous. But guess what? The gift is within you. And the gift that's within you is because you've embraced the word of God and you've committed your life to it. As Colossians 3 and 16 says, 16 and 17, and as Ephesians 5 and 19 says, be full of the word. Be overflowing with it. Be rich with it. And as young people, when you commit yourself to the word of God, understand, you don't have to abandon social media. Maybe you need to inform social media. Maybe that's why you're there. To be the seed of God's word. To help individuals understand that there is a place of refuge, that there is a place of strength, that there is a place where they can find safety, where they can have their anxieties, uh, if you will, uh, 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 treated by God's word. We need to bring them back to God's word. We need to bring them back to the place of refuge. Young people. Verse number 15, Paul tells Timothy, meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly. To them, that, that profiting may appear to all. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine, continue in them. For in doing this, thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. Stand before the judgment bar of God. It's about the life that we've already lived. Our lives are already on trial. And whatever generation you're in, whatever, you, whatever generation you've been in, whatever generations you've been allowed to live through, your life is on trial. And God sees you. God sees you. And He knows you. And the wonderful thing about God is. He's pulling for you. He's rooting for us. Because God says he wishes none to perish. But that all should come unto repentance.
3: Oh, send it hard and not your heart. Be safe, oh,
0: tonight. Oh, why not tonight? Sun may never rise. I'm too blessed, I know the I. This is a time, of oh, there be one. Be safe, oh, tonight. Oh, why? Not tonight. Oh, why? Not tonight. Oh, why? Not tonight. He said. time, this may be the last time, this may be the last time, it may be the last time, I don't know, we may never pray again, we may never pray again, we may never pray again, again. may never pray again, I don't know, this may be the last time, this may be the last time, this may be the last time, time. it may be the last time, I don't know.
1: Amen.